You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Cool Against Women's World Cup Daily. I'm excited about today's show because I have a special guest next to me. Normally, it's Alexis Guerrero's next to me, but no, we have uh, a Liverpudlian, you know, somebody with a little whose accent is a little bit different than a New Jersey, Newark accent. Uh, but I'm excited to talk Women's World Cup and NWSL and, uh, and obviously some Everton with uh, assistant coach for the OL Reign. Uh, a man who I've been following on Twitter. We, we connected over Everton uh, a long time ago, and now he's finally joining me on the show. Please, everybody, welcome Scott Parkinson, everybody. Scott, what's up, dude? Thank you so much for having me on, mate. I've got some big shoes to fill today, haven't I? <laughs> I think so. You're gonna have to be. Uh, I don't know what your your you know your stand up comedy chops are like, and I don't know how much you know about pizza uh, because those are the that's the, t- Alexis's both skills. <laughs> you know what? New Jersey and pizza. It's the best pizza I've ever had ever. Okay, that's uh you know a lot of people would uh, would agree with you. I think even Alexis might not agree with you, but I don't think it's that far right. off. Uh, there's there's a there's a certain level of um, snobbery when it comes to Alexis's pizza knowledge that uh, I think can be a little bit intimidating, and uh, so he would he would have a lot to say about. It. So I'm just filling in for him right now. He would be condescending to you right now if he was he here. Looks, he looks like he likes pizza. <laughs> so I would I would, I would be. <laughs> that is that is the kindest way to say what you just said. Thank you so much, Scott. <laughs> let's get started everybody welcome to the show again my name is christian polanco i'm joined by uh scott parkinson and obviously the uh women's world cup matches uh there was one last night uh and there was one this morning spain played against uh the netherlands uh, uh exciting matches uh the the, the spain match of this where i'm on the east coast uh scott you're on uh, on the west coast um yeah. you're are you in, in seattle uh proper yeah. or okay cool yeah proper yeah alki beach uh beautiful little spots amazing amazing uh yeah. and so the, the the frustrating thing for me was that this uh that the netherlands scored this game was at 9 p.m eastern time the netherlands scored late in the second half uh, when I felt like I was going to get some good sleep so that I could prepare for the Japan-Sweden match, which was at 3.30 a.m. And yeah. no, the Netherlands had to, you know, ruin it, ruin everybody's sleep on the East Coast. But uh, it, it was a nice goal <laughs> uh, nonetheless. Uh, your your first um, uh, thoughts in if, for this game and, uh, you know, you know, and we'll get the like macroscopically. We'll talk about the Women's World Cup. But uh, what do you think of this game? Because obviously the, the Spain ended up winning. But this was uh, a quite an entertaining match once the Netherlands scored that goal. Yeah, it was. It was a great game. Uh, I think Spain in the first half were brilliant. Um, I think what was interesting was um, was Holland pressed them. 
uh, and they've Holland have been quite uh, mid block, not letting anyone get in between the lines, kind of keeping it tight, and they went after them. Um, they they changed shape a little bit. I think one of the things that's been impressive with Holland is how tactically flexible they've been. Um, little tweaks here and there, kind of played a double pivot, um, which um, which I think they thought was going to help them. Um, but Spain found a way of when that press come of getting through the lines and, and creating a ton of chances in the first half and probably should have been miles ahead. Um, and I think I, second I, I, half. Yeah, I was I, like, I thought the same thing as far as the, even after the first half, I, I was like, why isn't Spain winning by so many more goals? And, yeah. and, and I also thought like, how did this Spanish team get completely de- decimated by Japan in, in the group stage yeah, match of, of like, what, you know, there is, there's a certain level of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you recognize it much quicker than I could, but the style of play uh, for Spain, it, it, it's kind of remarkable to me how gifted every single player is on a technical level. I mean, they're, they're, you don't, you're, we're not seeing too many countries um, have players with almost an equal level amount of skill, whether it's a fullback or a striker, is so incredibly good on the ball. And the chemistry to know where uh, everyone kind of is is uh, so impressive. So they to able to be able to do that against the Netherlands, and then almost not be able to do that at all against Japan is so odd. So that they, they seem like they deserve the victory, but in for whatever reason, and obviously they, they got a goal uh, that that was uh, taken back for for offside. But just in in like are are Spain the real deal? That's my main question because I I can't necessarily tell if we should trust that they could get to the final and win the whole thing. Yeah, I think they can win it. I think like what, with what you're saying, I think culturally they've clearly come and grown up with a ball at their feet, wanting to just dominate the ball, dominate an opponent. They very rarely just get the ball and pass it. They get the ball and almost draw people in before they pass it. Um, almost, I'm not just going to give it to a midfielder between the lines. I'm going to draw in all of their midfielders so when I pass it to you, the person I've drawn in can't go defend you. Yeah. So I think they're playing the game at another level. Um, and I'm not sure. I think tactically, they're, they're good, clearly. But I think it's the individual brilliance on the ball, getting into space, not fearing space, uh, and just finding each other and having the technical ability to. Um, I do think that scoring goals, which they solved yesterday to win the game, which is enough for them, Um that could be something that, that, that gets them late. Um, but I think getting to the goal, um, there's no it's been no team like them so far in the World Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, I it's I look, I have you know, I, I'm watching a lot of these games through the lens of an American who watches the US women's national team, and I'm just like, man, why am I jealous of this team and all their, their technical ability or even just those those slip passes from a midfielder to get a, a runner that's running inside the box? I'm like, the U.S., I don't think they did that even once in any of the games. I mean, you know, the, uh, a lot of times the – and we, we, we could talk about this a little bit, but like the discourse of, of this, especially uh, uh, being someone from England – uh, you know, seeing how and ha- having coached uh, some of the players on the U.S. Women's National Team, the, a lot of the the discourse is about the the arrogance of the U.S. Women's National Team because they won the last two World Cups, and it almost to me is like 
a little, it makes a little sense that they would be arrogant because they just won the last two World Cups. But I understand having some level of, of humility. But there's a, I just thought from a, a tactical level, there, there weren't those, those passes inside the box from a midfielder or an attacking midfielder uh, uh, to put pressure on those, those center backs. There were, also, we said this a couple episodes ago, there were almost no overlapping runs from the fullbacks to create any pressure on on yeah. on their on their fullbacks or their center backs. So what what did that when just watching the U.S. What were you what did you think were some of the like biggest concerns or issues? So I think for me the 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 the, the, the bit that got me was was the width of the U.S. national team. I didn't feel like there was a ton of width. Um, I felt like Dunny and Foxy played quite narrow. Um, and I think when your fullbacks play quite narrow, you need to get width off someone else because otherwise the field gets compact and you can't pass to Rose Lavelle in a pocket because there isn't one because the field's so compact. And then you're getting Soph Smith given that width and Rodman given that width. Well, it gets them a million miles away from goal and you, you, you can't get them the ball. Uh, you're kind of finding them in places where teams would like them to be, which is down by that corner flag and out the way. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, tactically, in my opinion, I think getting with that of your fullback, um, someone like Sophia Huerta, like I know I'm biased, but mm -hmm. man, can she give width and cross the ball and, and, and pass to people in dangerous areas? And I think what that allows is the midfield then opens up because the fullbacks aren't in there or anywhere near it. Um, and then maybe we can find Rose Lavelle and Lindsay Horan in a seam to play a slip pass to someone because our forwards are a little narrower and closer to goal. Um, so yeah, I think the thing that was okay for me was we need to get some width. We need we need okay. some width and open this midfield up and and give ourselves a chance to to get our players in the best positions for them to do what they do best. Okay, Scott. Well, the one thing I didn't tell you that this is actually your interview for the U.S. Women's National Team coaching position, and you just <laughs> nailed that question. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a, I think I'm a couple of cycles away from that one, but. <laughs> no, it, it's a uh, look. It, it's a thing we we talk about a lot, and and I I think this this. Uh, this World Cup for the U.S. Women's National Team and just the U.S. Women's uh, uh, program, it just, you know, kind of throws a wrench into what the expectations were and maybe what the future kind of uh, looks like. Obviously, there are players that are, are going to be leaving, uh, uh, new players that are going to have opportunities or players that are going to have a bigger role uh, in the future. Uh, I, I, you, uh, given that you've worked with a lot of the, the players on the U.S. Women's National Team, what's the... You know, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure there there isn't necessarily a uh, you know being being English, working with Americans. What's the? I, I'm sure there's a a deep personal kind of feeling of of wanting the 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 players to succeed uh, individually, and uh, but also wanting maybe your country to do well as well. Yeah, no, 100. percent I'm actually an American citizen now, so I can uh, I can actually fully <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm completely 100% invested in the US program and the Federation because it's the Federation that's given me the opportunity to do what I do right now. Um, most of all of, well, almost all of my coaching education has been through the US Federation. Um, and most of the players that I've coached in the, our wonderful league, um, you know, are going to try and win and compete for, for the US. So I'm a little bit torn. Um, 
I'm, 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 I don't feel that close to the Lionesses, um, but I am enjoying seeing what they're doing, uh, seeing the way they're playing. Um, again, I think Serena's done an unbelievable job. Tactically super flexible, maybe one other knock on on us as a, as a nation here is kind of sticking to that four three three. When I seen the double pivot with Sonnet, I was doing backflips. Um, <laughs> everyone thinks that's a defensive thing, but it's not. Uh, again, if you've got two sixes, you can't invert your fullbacks. They need to get away from the from the midfield uh, and give us a little bit more balance. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fully invested. Um, but you do have to be careful because obviously on our team right now we've got Angelina, Quinny, and, and Jordan Heitemer, and I also want the absolute best for them too. Um, so you find yourself like a bit of a soccer dad or a soccer mom, um, yeah, yeah. just for everyone. Just <laughs> <laughs> all my kids to have a good time, have fun. <laughs> fun. Time. Uh, so um, so yeah, um, the amount of pride. Um, like I get butterflies just talking about the players, watching them perform, seeing them represent their nations. Um, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've interviewed uh, a lot of the players that are uh, uh, on the women's national team or or at the World Cup in general, and there is a definitely after we like when we interviewed Rose Lavelle right before the 2019 World Cup, I was like. This I'm watching my niece succeed at the world. Yeah. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah, I know. She's the best man. <laughs> so the uh, just to wrap up on the uh, the, the Spain Netherlands game, they the, they did score an extra time uh, with an incredible goal by uh, Selma uh, Parayuelo. Uh, just what a what a move! I, I as soon as she uh, I didn't think she would have that much space. I didn't think she would be able to even create that much space given. I, uh, I, I believe she's the fullback. If I'm not mistaken, and uh, I could be wrong, I'm not sure. Uh, she she subbed in, but I don't remember who she subbed in for. Uh, but regardless, we made she, a million subs. <laughs> she uh, she came in and and then and got that uh, got a great ball and just that little just a little step. I don't even know. It wasn't a step over. It was just a little a, a deke or a jab step, as they say in, in basketball, and it it just. It, it, it like disoriented the defender for it, it's really one of those things where I it seemed like she the defender did not know that the the player with the ball was left footed. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I think I think they thought she was gonna switch it and play to the to the player on the other side. Right. Um and you know, she's a good player. Um Laura who I work with at the rain and uh, knows a lot about her with, with working with the twenties um prior to coming back to Seattle. Um, so I think uh, on a youth level, she's been doing that for a long time for Spain. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think she's at Real Madrid. Um, she's at Barcelona, by the way. Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable little shimmy just to shift the ball. And, you know, when you get to extra time, your legs start going as a defender. If someone gets a bit crafty and, and can move your feet a little bit. And what a strike as well. Um, yeah. I think she didn't know it had gone in because it had the post. <laughs> you could see her just waiting for the net to bulge somewhere. Um, and uh, yeah, what a finish. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of wild how when you make substitutions in games, it works out pretty well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. no shade yeah. at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm convinced that uh, Spain, I think it was like their third one. I, I'm convinced they did like a fake concussion sub. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> her center back heads the ball, just clean heads the ball into midfield, and then just goes down like she's been hit by a train. No one's around her. Yeah, um, they sub her off. Uh, she looks like she's chilling on the bench. 
and then it came up concussion sub uh, at the bottom, and they made six subs. Wow. Uh, okay. I didn't even re- I didn't even think about that that, that this could be manipulated in some way. That there was a strategy there, so they knew they could make six subs instead of five. Okay. No, you look. This is part of. Uh, look, if it's, I, I think this is. This happens in 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 this sport, you know. You the, if the rules are adjusted in any way, people, uh, you know, a, a, a true competitor will use every advantage. So I'm not. It's not even something I'm upset about. And and it no. it it kind of will lead me into um, the the conversation uh, where, where we're going to be talking about Coors Light right now because we all <laughs> we all need to we all need to chill. And the and I think the one the one man who is chilling more than anybody is Lionel Messi in League's Cup. And I don't know if you've seen this video. Video of Lionel Messi before he scored his free kick against FC Dallas to, I believe, either, either tie the game or get it pretty close. He, the referee, is uh, uh, aligning the wall for FC Dallas, and there, there's a footage of like you know from a fan recording Messi set up for the free kick, and he is constantly moving the ball. He is moving it, just uh, nudging it. Oh, just kind of where I need it to be. And he pretends like he's spinning the ball to, to, to get the right location and, and pretends to be putting it in the same spot. But he's actually moving it like a few millimeters over and over and over. And then, boom, he bangs in <laughs> an incredible free kick. And, you know, everybody's happy. Every every Apple TV employee is, is very happy. <laughs> so that's what, uh, so Lil Not Messi gets uh, our our chill of the week, which I just created right now. Uh, because <laughs> So just a reminder, everybody, uh, um, uh, League's Cup, of course, Light is the uh, official sponsor of League's Cup in 2023. So this summer, stay passionate and stay refreshed with an ice cold Coors Light for League's Cup 2023. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Cooligans. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you, Scott, for for (laughs) partaking and being a part of... Witnessing that 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 gold that I just improvised it and I got to come up with. So, uh, th- mates, thank you. This is, I mean, this is this is why I get paid the very minimal bucks to do what I <laughs> to do what I do. Uh, Scott, don't mean to don't mean to brag or anything. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The other match that we had was uh, Japan against uh, Sweden. Another really, really uh, good game in one that... Really, no one, I don't think anyone really predicted uh, uh, Sweden would get a victory here. There we go. <laughs> oh, you did predict. Oh, interesting. Because a lot of, I, I, was, I saw a tweet and, um, uh, from, from Andre Carlisle, uh, uh, who, who covers women's soccer. Great dude. And, uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but he essentially just said, um, uh, Sweden are not even that good. This is so annoying. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> they find they just find ways uh to win and i i didn't um japan have been so good obviously they've barely given up any goals in this tournament and they uh, look in my honest opinion of, of this game i think japan 
lost here rather than Sweden winning. If that uh, it kind of makes any sense. There were just a few mistakes that that cost Japan, and they couldn't, uh, uh, you know, catch up. And you know, the post and just un unfortunate bounces. They just couldn't get a, a goal there. But why did you think Sweden would win this game? So I've I had Sweden making the final. Um, that was my prediction. Um, I had Sweden beating the US. Wow. Um, I did have Brazil in the final with Sweden, so um, I'm, I'm only 50% good <laughs> okay, here. Okay. Um, so um, I just think they look like the most... They look like they've been coached by Jose Mourinho for 20 years. They, <laughs> like, they are dominant defensively. They're amazing on set pieces. Um, they have pace. They have power. They have a good balance. Um, to me, they're just a team that's been there and done it and have a history of it. And I never, ever think get the respect that they deserve. Um, I do think in the first half, I'm not sure what the stats were, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure Japan had a shot. I don't even know. Um, I feel like in the first half, Sweden were absolutely brilliant. Um, they were... They were on the front foot. They were good in transition. They got the ball behind Japan whenever they could face forward in a pocket. Um, and then always with Sweden, especially against Japan, set pieces will just kill you because yeah. they're unbelievable at them. And they're all so tall and dominant. Um, and Japan aren't. Um, it's something that they've definitely improved on without a shadow of a doubt. But that matchup in... I was concerned for the US on set pieces and, and we're massive. Um, so I thought that was going to be something. And ultimately, they scored off a set piece and then they get a penalty off yeah. a handball set piece. So, so yeah, um, strange game. Again, um, Japan's second half were brilliant, especially when they brought Endo on. I thought Endo was fantastic. Um, and uh, But it, it, it kind of panned out the way I thought it could. Yeah, it was a. It felt like they didn't really find their stride until the second half. Until I really after giving up the second goal, um, and and yeah, I think the the concern, especially when playing against uh, a, a team that just simply taller, right? And so set pieces are concerned. But when Japan is uh, trailing in a game, they're they're really a different team. And this is kind of a thing we see. In general, with with teams that are maybe dominant in their region, I, th I would say the U.S. kind of suffers from this as well, where they're throughout their th the four years and the cycle leading up to a World Cup. How many times are they in matches where they're actually trailing and have that in-game experience of like, all right, we're all we're losing this game. Let's turn things around. It's like that isn't um, an experience most American players at that level are even getting they're because they're usually just winning and dominating a lot of these games so it, it's a it's a thing i i think uh can weirdly be this negative leading uh -huh. into world cups i mean uh, the u.s is probably a different example because they did lose to england they did lose to spain uh in in the lead up uh to to the world cup um and olympics and blah 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 and all this other stuff but <laughs> that is it's just even just getting that experience of, of having that in-game uh, uh kind of matchup but the yeah i thought uh, uh i thought japan was was uh surprisingly um i, I thought they handled it well i you know as far as the the, the you know maybe the, the physical dominance that, that sweden uh might have and it's a yeah i, mean, I don't know i wouldn't say it's a shame that sweden won necessarily uh, i but, know what you mean 
Yeah, yeah. It's just a given that how how amazing Japan has been, you sort of expected them to just uh, uh, be at the final. Uh, but but that's not going to be the case. Uh, I do want to talk real quick about England. England is playing Colombia, and this is an interesting aspect because I, I don't know if a, a lot of people are aware, but in in England, uh, obviously plenty of uh, uh, cities and towns and stuff like that, but. Uh, you are from Liverpool, and, and yeah. that, I mentioned earlier we connected over uh, over Everton. And when I went to Liverpool, and I was asking people, uh, "Oh, how do you think England's going to do? What do you think of how Harry Harry Kane did at the at the Euros?" And <laughs> and people in Liverpool genuinely like don't really care about the success of the England uh, national team. They they might say like, "Oh, um, I'm, I'll watch the final if they get there." But yeah. but the but this is interesting because the lionesses are kind of uh, represent something a little bit different. So uh, we were talking off air before about how the lionesses mean something a little bit more to um, even to maybe Liverpudlians. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. I think like as a city, Liverpool, all we've ever felt like is that we've always been let down by governments, the the monarchy. Yeah. No one cares about us. We get forgotten about. Um, so we don't forget about that. So we support <laughs> we support our teams, we support our players, we support our people. Um, like honestly, I'd probably rather support Yeri Mina at Colombia than and James over because yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're our people, like they play for us. Um, so um, so yeah, it's a, it's a funky place. But but the Lionesses, I think, have given a different perspective on it. The way they play, there's just a purity to it. Um, they're together, they're collective. They've they've got the nation on their back, um, you know. We know that they they're not you know making millions, but they're performing like they should. Right. Um, so there's just been something that surprised the country, that's got the country to really see women's sports in a different light. And I think that's the thing with the lionesses. They're not only doing it; they're winning. They're playing a good brand of football. Um, and uh, yeah, I get just as many texts now about the lionesses than than I definitely do about Gareth Southgate's England. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, there is a. The, I I I think the, you know, in, in women's in women's soccer, women's football, there is a there's an inherent um, struggle that comes with just doing your job, right? And 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 a different level of criticism. Um, than than in men's football, so I, I think maybe that is the the thing uh, uh, people from Liverpool can connect with the lionesses on of just like I understand the struggle <laughs> that yeah. you are going through. <laughs> yeah. We know you guys are getting on tiny flights and eating subway <laughs> sandwiches, and you exactly. perform like that. What we got you. No, that's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. I mean, the uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, Colombian friends. England will be playing against Colombia, uh, and uh, so I think I'm I'm favoring Colombia to maybe this might be kind of an upset, but Colombia have been um, uh, pretty good um, in, in this tournament. The uh, as far as England's chances or Colombia's chances, how do you think this uh, game was going to pan out? I, I think I think I see England um, going forward. Um, I think Colombia will cause them some problems. I just think right now England are popping the ball about. They look like they have confidence. They've overcome a lot. Um, I think the quality of the overall squad of England, even though it's a little bit depleted, I think just gets ahead of Colombia right now. Okay. Um, but what I love about Colombia is they've used, like we talked about the US maybe not being as tried and tested. Colombia have 
have played top teams, all running into this. Uh, a lot of their players have been in the U17 World Cups, the U20 World Cups. Like, the team feels tried, tested, and, like, fearless. Uh, so yeah. England are going to have to be careful. Because they even got, they, they even got tested against the Irish for 22 yeah, minutes. I know. <laughs> I, know. Um, well, I think in England are going to have to be careful, but I, I think I've got the lionesses nudging nudging through just on this one. Even without even without Lauren James, what, what which... a play, by the way, I, there's a, she could end up being the best player in the world. Um, like she can do everything, yeah. including silly things and stamping <laughs> right, on people's right. bats. Really, you gotta take um, the go with the bat sometimes. You, you know? gotta take the with the bat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's a maverick, but. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think if they can make it through to, to, to a situation where she gets back, um, I think uh, England are set up for a good chance. But yeah. Um, but yeah, what a game it is. I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, the one thing I'm hearing, I, I, I think this was tweeted about a little bit, but I, I've heard that Becky Sauerbrunn wants anybody to win besides England. So I, I, it's... <laughs> Becky, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Ever that? Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a text about that one. We'll find <laughs> okay, we'll do. Before we wrap up, we obviously got to talk a little bit about Everton. Um, the Premier League season is starting today, uh, uh, this afternoon here in the East Coast, um, and uh, I mean. All right, well, let's let's just get through this. Whatever therapy session this this has to be. Obviously, lifelong Evertonian. You know, I I adopted this team. Even though even when I went to Liverpool, people were like, "Why did you do this to yourself?" But thank you, I guess. Uh, but the, the, these last two seasons for Everton, uh, well, how have you experienced it? What what is it like to to see this uh, this struggle for your for your beautiful club? Yeah, it's been awful. Um, it's been awful. Like. They affect us like like more than illness. Like <laughs> if they affect me more than like any illness I've ever had. Um, they can ruin a week. They can ruin a day. They can ruin a weekend. Um, they can also do the flip of that and make us feel like we're just on cloud nine. Um, I think we've been in a real tricky situation with you know. I think our new owner gets a hard time, Mashiri. Like all we've ever prayed for at Everton for years is to have money and to be backed. And like the dude's backed us. Like if you look at the figures, he's actually backed us. Um, what we didn't say is back us, but back us like really smartly. Right, right. Looks <laughs> uh, like we've we you know we've made we've signed some players on big money on big wages and and maybe not with a huge upside or a sell on or a or a big future uh, and just got ourselves in a hole. Um, I remember being in New York, uh, in well, New Jersey, um, and I was actually crying in bed for the the, the game that we stayed up with Lampard. Yeah, um, and it felt like probably the best moments I'd had in years. Like it was like joy, elation. I'm legit crying in bed, um, and then I started hearing the narrative of no, well, that's we're better than that. Why why are we why are we why are we praising this like we've won an FA Cup final, and I think. The reason we feel that way is that we feel like the team's given us nothing uh, for so long. So the sick, twisted fate of staying up on the last game of the season has been like wins for us. Um, so I'm ready for us to get away from that. I'm ready to just have a boring season and get the club back on track. I think <laughs> I think, um, I think uh, Daish is the man for it. He's, he, he, he talks common sense, which is what we want. The team are organised. They try and get the ball in the box. Um, I think that I think that the days of Everton are coming back. I think he's going to need time. Um, 
I, it's bizarre to say that Sean Dyche, in my opinion, is the coach for Everton Football Club right now. Okay. Um, I, truly, I truly believe it, which is wild to say. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and I've heard really good things about Thelwell too. I think he's he did well at Red Bull with, with how he did his business. I can sense he's doing similar things now. Um, Anana last year, we paid a bit of money for him as a young kid. Now it sounds like everyone wants him. Yeah. And um, it looks like everyone we're looking at right now is young, hungry, a big upside. Um, so, yeah, I think the future looks brighter. Uh, yeah. Every time I go home, I'm, I'm at home next week. I go and see the new stadium. Um, and again, it makes me want to just cry tears down on the Mersey and different tears. Yeah. So I'm optimistic. Um, and then obviously the women's side's doing great too. Um, Brian's doing an unbelievable job. Um, I went in with him uh, last time I was home. Uh, he let me into everything, video, uh, staff meetings out on the training pitch. I was at Finch Farm. Um, so, yeah, I love my football club uh, more than they'll ever know. Um, and I'm ready for there to be a 10. Okay, yeah. I mean, look, this is this is how we got we to gotta get the – you know, match day one take, which we just got, and then match day 38, and we'll see how <laughs> what the tone, how the tone has changed. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I love the, I love, yeah, we, we, are, we're, we have this delusional optimism that even other Premier League fans have no idea where it comes from, but we just, we, you know, the last, what, three seasons, we were, there were like two seasons where we were in first place for the, for the first month of the season, and it's like, okay, is this what it's going to be like? You know? Well, obviously, being E in the alphabet, we're always about sixth or seventh before the league even kicks off. The exactly. Game. And I'm like, I'll take it. Can we just freeze that for 38 games? <laughs> yeah, we need to maintain the Premier League table based on alphabet, and we'll we should be fine. We might get a Europa League spot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be above. Uh, we'll be above uh, that shite across the park and the two Manchester teams um, just on alphabet. So right, I'll right, take right. it. <laughs> um, so the uh, all right. So uh, Scott, thank you so much for doing this, man. This is uh, amazing. It, it's great to get uh, your insight, especially from uh, a coach in, in in women's football. Uh, you you are now the uh, assistant at, at OL Reign. Um, uh, how in, in general? Obviously, we, we had Bethany Balser on a couple a uh, couple months ago. Who She's we're just a huge, huge fans of. Uh, but uh, can you talk a little bit about just uh, kind of the rest of the season? What, what are your kind of expectations? How are you, how are you feeling about uh, the, the rest of the NWSL season? Yeah, I'm feeling really good. I think we're two points off top right now. And we were the number one seed in the Challenge Cup. Uh, didn't concede the goal. Uh, unbeaten through that. So I think in a really nice spot. Um, I think we, we lost the most players for, for the World Cup which was wonderful. Everyone stepped up. The players were brilliant. Uh, Bethany was team captain for, I think, the last two games. Uh, she's been outstanding. So, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Um, we're rolling, and we've got eight absolute superstars to come back to, you know, already a really good roster. Um, Laura, who I work with, is is my best friend, and trust me, um, she is the best in the business. Um, she... She has an environment and creates a space where everyone is just authentic and happy to come to work and and then creates a football brand that is exciting. It scores goals, but really resolute defensively. Um, so um, I'm still learning from her every day. Um, I feel happy here. Um, so, yeah, we, we expect to win. We expect to be in and around uh, championships. Um, it's right where we are right now. We've just got to... Get everyone home, 
regroup and 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 do the business. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as names that are being tossed around, uh, as far as a future U.S. Women's National Team coach, Laura Harvey is uh, definitely up there. Um, so obviously, a good person to be working with, and, and a good <laughs> yeah. person to be I learning think, from. You know, honestly, she should be named for every job in okay. the world. But you need to trust me on this. Um, she is uh, she is special um and and still 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 relatively young so um so yeah uh, but i know right now it's full focus on seattle and and sending rapino off on our terms and and um and and getting it done okay yeah well best of luck i know uh you know uh, the playoffs have not always been too uh, kind to the OL Reign the last couple of years, uh, but but wishing you guys uh, uh, the best of luck. So, uh, thank Scott, thank you so much for doing this, man. This has been super, an absolute honor. So, uh, truly, thank, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, everybody, make sure you follow uh, Scott, right? Scott, is it Scott underscore Parkinson? What's the the, uh, the the Twitter handle? You don't you don't remember what it is? <laughs> Look up Scott Parkinson. Somebody set it up for him. He doesn't know. He just doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Scott Parkinson underscore Scott. I got it. I got it backwards. Okay, okay. Uh, but there, there it is. Everybody, go go uh, go. Show some love. Uh, uh, great, great dude. Um, so uh, everybody, make sure you follow us at Soccer Cooligans uh, on all social platforms. Subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube. On uh, uh, shout out to everybody watching on DraftKings Network and Apple. Uh, you know, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review if you uh, have the time and would enjoy, we would appreciate it. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, Scott. Parkinson, best of luck to to OL Rain, to the Toffees, uh, and then we'll see how these lionesses do uh, this weekend. Uh, so Scott Parkinson, thank you so much, and everybody, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.